0: Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries.
1: Hello, I'm Galen Jones, and I'm here with Scott Rahe, and we're talking about – we're having conversations uh, about apologetics. And today the conversation is going to revolve around the fact that naturalism – at least Scott is persuaded that naturalism
0: is false. So kick us off, Scott. You know, the first question is – What on earth do you mean by naturalism? (laughs) Um, The actual title that I put on this was uh, I'm persuaded that naturalism is false and it's likely self refuting. So there's two things in there I got to explain. Okay. So I explain naturalism naturalism and self refuting. And
1: self refuting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: First of all, let me mention the the term worldviews. And that's a really easy term to explain. A worldview is our view of the world. What is it that's real? What is the best explanation for the world that we find around us? You know, my worldview is the Judeo-Christian worldview. I believe God exists. I believe that there is a a physical realm, but I believe that there's a spiritual realm as well. I believe we have souls. I believe our lives will continue beyond the grave. All of these things. Um, Naturalism, likewise, is a worldview.
1: Well, let me just pause you here. And everybody
0: has a world. Everybody view. has, even if they don't know the yeah, term, they, you, they have a worldview. Yeah, you they have a view. you may the world.
1: not know that you have a worldview, yeah. but you have one.
0: Yeah, one of the most interesting worldviews out there is something called solipsism. That's the person who believes that nothing real exists outside of their own mind, and their entire the entire world is just a product of their own mind. And they're the only so they're dreaming, and the, and they're really the only thing in existence. And that is a genuine worldview. Wow. You know, if two solipsists meet each other, it'd be an interesting. No, no. Everything <laughs> outside of my mind is. Your... No, no, no. I'm the real one. You know, that becomes kind of an interesting conversation. But they're out there. Um, and, and say that word again. Solipsism. Solipsism. Okay. S-O-L-I-P. And then the rest of the word. I yeah. Don't know. yeah you solipsism. S-I-S-M, I guess. Um, but the idea what we want to talk about is naturalism. Naturalism it makes a bit of sense. Nothing exists beyond nature, and what we mean by that is not trees and leaves and you know, it's not fur, mother animals. Animals. nature. It's not know, yeah. that,
1: that term. No, it, we have you know. Well, you got don't get mother nature don't, upset.
0: Don't upset mother nature. That's yeah. right. It's the physical universe. Okay. It's everything that's composed of atoms, basically. Um, the atomic you know. There's no spiritual realm. There's nothing beyond the physical universe. That's what naturalism. Uh, that's what naturalism holds, and I think it's false. And so why even? Why do we even care about having this conversation? Because the skeptical community, everybody has to have a worldview. If you reject the Judeo-Christian worldview, or if you're even questioning it, you got to have some worldview that you think is more is a better fit mm-hmm. for the for the world around us. Uh, professors and skeptics are coming to other people and saying, there is no spiritual universe. It's just all material. You know, you should believe in my worldview. Well, how do you answer that? How do you answer a kid coming back from college saying, well, my professor said there is nothing spiritual. There's mm-hmm. nothing immaterial out there.
1: There's no, there's no such thing
0: as angels. And- nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. I mean, not even uh, your mind. The brain is true, but not even the mind, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so first let's define what naturalism is. Naturalism is the view that there is no supernatural realm. That's, that's the quote unquote official definition and there's two ways that you can look at it. Um, there's something called me- methodological naturalism and that's basically when you're doing a science experiment and you're like I have to assume that whatever my results are, they're going to be natural they're not going you know I'm not allowing the possibility that any of these results could have a supernatural answer. So it's the method. Is is a naturalistic method and then there's the philosophical naturalism. I think it's philosophical naturalism that has the real problem because that's my philosophy that nothing exists beyond the physical realm. Um, I think it makes just as an ex in case anybody's struggling with this the idea of ruling out the immaterial at the outset. um, If they're wrong about that, then they've got real problems with the explanations for the universe that they have, right? People that hold to naturalism try and explain the universe, and they try and give answers. And there's a lot of places where they'll say, well, we don't know. For example, um, if you ask somebody, well, what caused the universe to come into existence? Because everything that begins to exist has a cause. They'll usually say, well, we don't know. We're not sure. But we know it's some sort of natural you know, natural process. Okay. We just hadn't
1: found it yet.
0: That's that's how we talked about before the idea of arguing from silence. There's mm-hmm. no reason to believe that yeah. unless you've already ruled out the possibility of the supernatural. But what that'll result in is that will result in false answers. Um, I've given a comparison in the past. Like, what if we're trying to to um, discover the source of rain, but before we even start our experiment, we rule out the possibility that it comes from clouds. Well. I can come up with all kinds of interesting explanations, but if I rule out in advance the possibility that it comes from clouds, and I've already ruled out the true answer, so all I'm saying is naturalism rules out the supernatural. So whenever you begin to do these experiments, if you've ruled out the supernatural, then you can never get a supernatural answer, right? Even if it's real, if even if that is the answer, they don't even consider it as a possibility. They would, you know, I don't know what they would do with it, but they wouldn't accept it. Um, so now let's talk about what the word self-refuting means. That's also easy to figure out. It means the worldview, in a sense, collapses upon itself. It's easy to say this is false, and it's easy to see. The easiest explanation that I can give is if I say a sentence, if I say this sentence, I cannot speak a single word of English. That's a self-refuting statement because I'm speaking English words in order to tell you that I can't speak English words. Well, it refutes itself. I think... Naturalism refutes itself and I'll explain that in a little bit and it's To me, it's pretty powerful. Some people will hear that and go. You're just playing word games That's okay. I mean you have to respond somehow, but I think it's both wrong and I think it's self-refuting now Why do I think naturalism is false? Any worldview has to be able to explain the world that we find around us, right? And I think there are many things that we find in this universe that naturalism can't explain Examples of this are going to include things um, I mentioned before the idea of the law-like nature of reality and how, how Einstein said the most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that it's comprehensible. I don't think naturalism can explain that. Why is the universe ordered so precisely? Why is it that the laws of logic exist. And when I say the laws of logic, it's things like the law of identity, A is A, or the law of non-contradiction, A cannot be B, you know, that sort of thing. Why do they exist in the, in this, uh, in the first place? Why is it that I can measure something and every time it's the same result? Why is it that the speed of light is actually constant between any two points throughout the universe? Well, they assume that. Um, I don't think the law like nature, and the fact that mathematics allows us to discover so much about the nature of the universe. I don't think that's something that naturalism can easily explain because it's just it's just a weird fact that everything is conveniently law-like and ordered uh, in naturalism, but it doesn't have a real explanation for it. Another one is um, things that are immaterial. You know, numbers are immaterial. You can write something on a piece of paper. I can write the number five on a piece of paper, but that's not a number. That's just ink on a piece of paper. But the number itself. It's an immaterial concept it doesn't exist there's no there's no atom that's attached to it so there are there is this whole idea of things that aren't material that exist and what exactly is a number if there is nothing beyond the physical universe and it's a concept but everything has to be reduced down to atoms you can't reduce that that concept down to an atom it's just an idea it's an immaterial Concept. The same thing about the laws of, of mathematics, the thing. same thing about the laws of logic. So that's another thing that, that naturalism can't explain. Another one is free will. And we'll talk about this in more depth in its own podcast. But if naturalism is true, there's no such thing as free will. Everything is just deterministic. And what I mean by that, remember we talked about the dominoes. Mm-hmm. You push domino one over, it's going to hit domino two. Domino two does not have a choice it's going to fall based on precise laws of physics. It's hit with a certain amount of force at a certain angle, and it's going to react in a certain way, and it's, it doesn't have a choice about that. So um, interestingly enough, when a naturalist says naturalism is true, that's an act of free will. Whenever they say you should believe that naturalism is true, they're asking you to make a free will choice. Hey, believe what I'm saying. First of all, you can choose whether to listen to them. You can choose whether or not their arguments are persuasive. You can choose whether to adopt that yourself. So we exhibit free will all the time. And this, and naturalism can't explain free will. In a purely mechanistic universe, there should be no such thing as free will. So that's another thing. Because everything
1: would be determined.
0: Yeah. Everything would just be like one rock falling into another, falling into, you know, it's just, there would be nothing else uh, beyond that. Naturalism can't explain the mind now what i mean by the mind is separate than the brain and we know we have a physical brain but and some naturalists would say there is no such thing as the mind um, some would say that the mind is just a side effect of the brain like whenever you, you know, you've taken a water hose and you sprayed the water kind of really hard and you see like a, this this rainbow appear mm-hmm. whenever you do that That rainbow is what they would say is the mind. It's just like this side effect of spraying the water. It's something they actually called an epiphenomenon, and I won't use that term again, (laughs) but they say the mind is an epiphenomenon of the brain, and they say that the mind can't cause anything, but it's just like that rainbow appearing when you spray the water at a particular angle.
1: So help me out with – and maybe you're going there – the difference between the mind and – I know you said that in in this particular theory that the – uh, mind is a byproduct of the brain yeah. but wow I can't, mi- I'm having mind, a hard time getting my head the, around even, there's
0: an entire line of philosophy called the philosophy of mind and so it's a very very deep concept but the idea of the mind is is my ability to think and my will and my, my uh, self-awareness self-efficacy would yeah, that all, be? Would that... yeah all oh, of these okay. things the ability to make a choice if I'm like I'm making a choice right now to speak and I, you know, my, in my mind, I'm making choices and I'm saying certain words, and they would say, oh, that all comes from the brain, the brain being the physical neural connections that are occurring and the thought pathways and that, thing, that sort of thing. The mind, they also say the mind can't exist separate from the brain, and I think there's good evidence that, that we can believe that it can.
1: We know that the brain puts off our, our energy. But they would just say, "Well, that's
0: just a byproduct of the brain. it's yeah. they would that would be what they would call the epiphenomenon. Epi ah, yeah. okay. okay but in in their in their view, the mind can't cause anything like i it can't cause me to raise my hand ah, okay. it's just something that happens to be out there, and there's just okay. know, the All way right. that the way that I've heard it called there's a um." ResearchGate.net is a good example. Uh, the brain is an organ, but the mind isn't. The brain is the physical place where the mind resides. The mind is the manifestations of thought, perception, emotion, determination, memory, and imagination that takes place within the brain. That's kind of how. They, but there's still a separation. In some cases, they'll say they think the mind is identical with the brain, and I think that's easy to disprove. And I'm not. Um, it gets into it gets into philosophy a little bit, and I don't want to I don't want to dig into that too yeah, that's much.
1: Deeper than we can yeah. go today,
0: but that's just one. I think, and we'll we'll do an entire, probably more than one podcast on the idea of the mind, because I think the I think the philosophy of mind and the ideas of consciousness and the self and all that, to me, that's some of the most powerful evidence for God, and and so we want to go into that in some depth and treat it better. But just for now, naturalism can't explain the existence of the mind, and the mind does exist. Um, it can't explain the existence of the self that persists over time. I am the same person From 20 years ago. I am still me from 20 years ago now physically most of my all pretty much all of my atoms have been replaced I mean f- Everything sort of washes through and replaces itself over time, but I'm still me They have no explanation for the the existence of the person the self over time naturalism has no explanation for consciousness they have no explain One of the prof. They have these like things that science can't explain. One of the most profound mysteries is consciousness itself. Ha- you know, how do you even define what consciousness is? I know when I'm conscious and when I'm not conscious, but it's hard to hard to define. Yeah. Um, naturalism has no explanation for how on earth we're conscious beings. Um, they don't have any good explanation for information either. Imagine it kind of goes back to the idea of these, you know, uh, immaterial numbers. Imagine that you that you wrote a letter conveying some information, and you take it and you and you're in Dallas, Texas, and you want to fax it to somebody in Los Angeles, and you put it on a fax machine or scan it or whatever and send it an email, and they print it out. Well, there's information on that document. It's not the letters. It's not the ink. It's not the paper. There's something in there that's information, and it's. It exists separate than the physical elements of that letter. And naturalism doesn't have an explanation for that. So, you know, just at a very quick level, this is why I think, you know, this is just some of the reasons why I think it's false. And let me give you a couple of uh, quotes really quick. There's a book, really good book by Stuart Getz and Charles Taliaferro named, called Naturalism. Um, and one of their quotes, it says, we think naturalism cannot successfully describe Accommodate or undermine either the reality of purposeful explanation, or libertarian free choices, or experiences of pleasure and pain, or the existence of persons. So, libertarian free will is what I meant when I said free will—the ability mm-hmm. to choose A or B. You, you know, you have—you're perfectly at liberty to choose either one. Also, the experience of pain, the uh, the ability to see a color. One of the things that. Scientists have a real difficult time with this. Why? Why when I look at a rose, is it red? There is nothing in that physical structure of the rose that ha- that has color in it. When you get way down to the atomic level, there's no color there. But it's something that I perceive as color. Then there's nothing about that that you can be explained at the physical level. It's something called qualia or the quality of my experience, um, the ability to experience pain. There's no reason. I mean, look, I get that, you know, I hit the nerve, the nerve sends a signal to my brain. I get that. But my, the actual quality of the pain, the actual feeling of the pain, Mm -hmm. the physical universe has no, or the the naturalism doesn't have a, a good explanation for why it feels a particular way. And also it can explain things like when you see red on a rose, is that the same color as when I see red on a rose? Maybe in your mind, you see that color and you call it red, but for me, I would call it blue. How do I know? You know, all of these questions, yeah, that, that, naturalism can't explain. Yeah,
1: I wonder if uh, naturalism, and I bring this up because I'm dyslexic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, those dyslexic therapists will tell me, because I used to say, well, I just don't see it the way you do. Of course, right. I didn't even know that I didn't see right. it the way you do. Right. I mean, that's right. why I'm bringing this up. When right. you mentioned the rose, right. I'm going, I, I, nobody told me that I, I didn't see it. Like that. That's not um, the same
0: color as you see it. My color of red is different than your color uh, yeah. of red, right?
1: So I, I. But they, they say so it's not that I see things differently. It's my brain processes yeah. them differently. Yeah. Uh, and so naturalism. I mean, there's a lot of phenomena that we we know just that yeah. just can't uh,
0: explain those things. So what you want to do is you want to pick a worldview that is the best. That, that, that you know, in, a, in a robust way explains the phenomenon that we find. What's, what what would we expect to find in the universe if naturalism were true? We, we wouldn't expect to find free will. We wouldn't expect to find the mind. We wouldn't really expect to find consciousness. We wouldn't expect to find uh, moral obligation. None of that stuff. But in Christianity, we would expect to find consciousness. We would expect to find moral obligation. We would expect to f- all of these things. Christianity is a better fit for the universe than naturalism. So let's talk briefly about why do I think naturalism is self-refuting? Um, and, you know, this, again, we'll take a few more minutes and, you know, hopefully get through this in just one session. Um, we need to talk about evolution just a little bit, like we, we began to mention it last time. Evolutionary theory um, holds the idea of um natural selection Let me give just there's three things I want to define here natural selection is the process by which population of living organisms adapt and change um, descent with modification is a, these are genetic differences that are inherited and passed on to the next generation so as a if if evolution is true I at the genetic level there's something genetically that's maybe a, different for me than it was for my parents and it gives me some advantage I'm faster or I'm You know, I have some ability to think better or maybe my teeth are stronger or something and that gives me an ability to survive and to um, It's it's this third concept which is survival of the fittest and this and fitness means that an organism can survive to reproduce and pass along its genes So when evolution says fitness, it doesn't mean the person that's going down to 24-hour fitness and is in the best physical shape It's the it's the The biological organism that is best able to reproduce the most offspring so if I can live longer and if I'm attractive to the opposite sex or whatever I can you know pass along my genetics and so if I'm the more fit I am the more you know children I'm gonna have animals and and, and whatnot and they're going to pick up these genes that I have that have that have happened at my level, and they're going to then pass that on, and they're going to pass it on. There is going to be further changes and further changes, and over time, you get different entire species, entire different kinds of animals, and that sort of thing. The problem is that evolution selects for survival, survival of the fittest. Evolution mm-hmm. doesn't select for truth, right? So now it has no moral. It's not about it. It is perfectly possible for me to believe everything. For me to have false beliefs about everything so long as my, my false belief helps me to survive and to reproduce. That's fitness. Fitness and, and truth have nothing to do with each other in evolution. And let me give you two examples. There's a philosopher named Alvin Plantinga who first came up with this. And he has this thing called the evolutionary argument against naturalism. It's a really detailed sort of explanation, but it's also a brilliant explanation. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to see it. Um, the explanation he gives is let's assume that a person believes that tigers are really, really friendly and would love to be our pets and, you know, play with them kind of the Calvin and Hobbes view of things. But simultaneously they hold the view that the best way to make friends with a tiger is to run away every time you see one. Well, that's an entirely false belief, but that false belief allows that person to survive and to pass on their genetics to the next generation. Another example, which is a little bit more, probably a little more realistic, is imagine the person that is wildly paranoid about germs. He he or she believes that germaphobe, you know, germaphobe. There's germs all over me, and they have to wash themselves constantly. and They have to keep they have to wear the, you know, a full hazmat suit or whatever. Well, is that true? Are there just germs that are just waiting to kill them? No, they're not. That's that's not true. But that incredibly, you know, sort of paranoid view, that false belief. Well you know, they're going to sort of in, incidentally, they're going to be protecting themselves from things that really would harm them. And so they're going to pass along their genetics as well. So these false beliefs enhance my ability to survive. Evolution doesn't care about whether something is true. Evolution cares about whether or not it helps me to survive. So what does hmm. that leave us with? Naturalism relies on evolution as its, as its explanation for the world around us. It's it requires well, it largely requires that they fit together. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's true and evolution only selects for survival and it doesn't select for truth, then what does that tell us? My beliefs about naturalism might be false, they may just be false beliefs that help me to survive. So, what does that mean? If I believe in naturalism, I have to question naturalism because it has nothing, you know, evolution tells me that it's just. I just have the ability to survive, and who cares whether or not it's true or not? And that also means that I have to question whether evolution is true or not. I have to question everything. Naturalism and the belief in evolutionary processes leads me to complete skepticism about everything, including the belief that naturalism is true. That's why ultimately naturalism means if you're a naturalist, you have to reject naturalism, or at least you have to say, I can't believe in naturalism because I can't believe in anything. That's why I say naturalism is self-refuting. And this isn't just me. Let me give you two quotes. Darwin himself held this view. He wrote a letter to a guy named William Graham uh, in 1881. And here's what he said. He said, But then with me the horrid doubt always arises whether the conviction of man's mind, which has been developed from the mind of the lower animals, are of any value or at all trustworthy. Would anyone trust in the conviction of a monkey's mind If there are any convictions in such a mind, so he's saying look if I'm just the result of evolutionary processes Why would I believe anything that I believe because who's going to trust anything? That's just blindly inherited from these past, you know, so it's called Darwin's horrid doubt and He's right about that his own belief undermines his own theory (laughs) Which is really funny, and there's another guy that's a little more recent than that He wrote a book called possible worlds. His name is JBS Haldane, and here's what he says He says, if my mental processes are determined wholly by the motion of atoms in my brain, I have no reason to suppose that my beliefs are true. And hence, I have no reason for supposing that my brain is composed of atoms. (laughs)
1: You know, some of this stuff is so... um
0: it's the first you know, time you've thought of it, maybe.
1: Well, yeah, I, and I think a lot of our listeners, you know, they're kind of going, wow, that, that, that would make my head spin. Yeah,
0: That's okay. Uh, you know, that's why so, we do these on podcasts. You can listen to them, and you can listen to them again. Yeah, and, you know, yes, do, yes, yes. We're, t- we're trying to motivate people to care enough about this to go read up on it. On, th- this isn't something that I just heard a single person say once. I've read a lot of stuff about this, and I'm probably not explaining it as well as an Alvin Plantinga would explain it. I'm just telling you what's persuaded me. Before we finish just real quick. I want to say one other quick thing What if the skeptic comes back and says yeah, but evolution does select for truth? Evolution can't exist you wouldn't survive if you had false beliefs So by definition you must accept that evolution selects for truth. Okay, all right, so let's say that that's true 90% of the people on the planet earth believe in God so if evolution selects for truth, then that's an argument for God's existence, because guess what? Most people on earth believe in God. So if evolution doesn't select for truth, you can't believe in evolution or naturalism. If evolution does select for truth, then God exists. Interesting. So either way you go, it kind of backs you into a yeah. corner. Either way you go, God exists. Either way you go, God exists. And we are
1: persuaded. Uh, Scott, as always, I enjoyed the conversation. Look forward to to the next.
0: Yeah, I'll be here. All right. You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ-centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled, caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972-243-4673. That's 972-243-4673. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.